Amen. Let's turn to screen number 1239, if we could, please. I want to greet you all this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus. I know we have a number of visitors this morning. We'd just like to make sure you feel welcome. A number from Arizona here, from Brother Sister Katie, Brother Josiah, your parents are here. God bless you, the Robson family, and anyone else that's here. I'd like to make you feel welcome this morning. Amen. But most of all, we want the Lord Jesus to feel welcome. You know, he said he would be here where two or three are gathered. So let's just make him welcome in our worship as we open our hearts to him this morning. Amen. But could we sing this in D, maybe? It's out of your hands, you've done all you can do. Oh, you've given God the problem, it's no longer up to you. You've prayed the prayer of faith, you're standing on God's truth while you're
just want to speak the name of Jesus.
hands. Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over everyone. Sing it out now. Jesus for my family. Jesus for my family. with the name of Jesus. Before that name, every knee has to bow. Every demon must give way before that name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Nothing can stand before the holy name of Jesus. Lord, we lift your name on high this morning. Blessed be that name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If we don't worship him, the rocks will cry out. There will be no rocks crying out in this church. We will lift our voices to give glory to the name, for he's worthy. Blessed be your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, just worship the name of Jesus this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be your name, oh God. You are worthy, worthy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't he wonderful, saints? It's so humbling to stand in the presence of an almighty God, to know that he's here and he's mindful of each one of us. Well, we're going to go to prayer at this time. If the brothers would just come for the morning offering. We do have a testimony we want to Give glory to God. The McConaughey family, Brother Mucci and the family would like to thank the Lord for supernaturally restoring and healing Sister Grace. They would like to thank the brothers for their prayers. Our God is a present help in time of trouble. Amen. God bless you, Sister Grace, Brother Mucci and family. Amen. We don't have any written prayer requests, but we know there are many, many needs in the body. Brother Murphy, could I please ask you to come, if you would, and open the service for us in a word of prayer. Amen. May God bless you. Thank you. Let's bow our head. Our gracious Heavenly Father, how our heart was full, Lord, when we called on the name of a God. Lord, we call on in the name of the Lord, our Jesus Christ, for our healing, for our saving, for our delivering. But Lord, this morning we want to call on the name of Jesus. Said how we thank you, Jesus. How we love you, Lord. How we want to worship you, Lord. The name of that above all name and all the redemptive name as it belongs to that Jesus. He's the Jehovah Jireh that provided all our need. And he is the Jehovah Shaman that healed all our diseases. Lord, you're the Jehovah 
Jehovah Shammah, you're the present God. And whenever there's a trouble rising up, Lord, you're always there because you said you're the God that is the present in a time of a trouble. We want to give you thanks, Lord. When our dear sister Grace, and in a time of a trouble, Lord, you are the Jehovah Shammah, Lord. You're beside her, Lord. By the prayer of sins, by the grace of God, you have raised our dear sister up to give a glory to the Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord. Lord, even to see my mother-in-law sitting in the congregation this morning, Lord, she fall. But Lord, you pick her up, Lord. There's no breaking bones and there's no bleeding of the brain, not even a scratch, Lord. We give you all the thanks, Lord. Lord, this is the day that we want to thank you, Lord. This is the day we want to worship you, Lord, because you are worthy, Lord. How we love you, Lord. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. What you did in the past, you're still doing it today. Lord, what you did in the thousands of years ago, you're still doing it today. You're still the Savior when the people call on your name. Lord, you shine a light in the darkness and bring the people in the darkest place and coming to where the light of that. We thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory and honor. Lord, we want to praise your name and worship it for everything that you have done in our life. Lord, as we are coming to receiving the word, may you use your servant, Brother Michael, Lord, as he had it prepared. Lord, but no man can prepare until you have prepared the vessel. Because when you prepare the vessel, you're ready to give your word through this vessel. How we appreciate this vessel to have been used for the year after the year, even since it was used. Lord, in this morning, we ask that the presence of God just to take it all over him and bring us to the heavenly place, Lord, because we want to hear your word. Whenever we hear your word, we know just one word from you will satisfy us, Lord. One word from you will drive the demons away. Lord, we thank you for bringing our dear brother Tom safely home. Lord, we're so eager to want to hear what you have done in another land in the Philippines, Lord. Lord, may you give us a wonderful time that in the in this morning in the presence of God. Lord, as we're to worship you, give you all the thanks. We also know there's many needs that are amongst this body. But Lord, we're not just praying for those in need. We give you thanks for those in need. Because Lord, you bring those in need among us so that we can have a burden, so that we can experience that our God again, to know that what you promised, Lord, you will come to fulfill. Lord, we are longing to see, to looking for that day that we can come before the pulpit and to say this day, this scripture fulfilled. This day that we see that the healing of a God come to our dear sister Ramona, come to our dear sister Clara, come to our brother Milko, come to our sister Bev, sister Helen Billisberger, our sister Wendy, that in the India, Lord, we remember all of them. There's some we cannot even call the name, but Lord, we know the name of Jesus Christ, that above all name will go with every one of them. Lord, we bring all of them before you and give you thanks because we know you already answered our prayer. We thank you, Lord. Lord, that is a morning. Be a special morning, Lord. The need be met. The eyes be open, Lord, to see our God come on the scene. 
to take it over every prayer request, written or not written. Lord, Lord, we name the name or don't name the name that the God of the Almighty come on to the scene that bring every prayer that into his the bosom and that the heart of the Lord melted into the coldness. That our warmness of the presence of a God drive away all the unbelief. So there is only belief that left it in his congregation. So your name to be glorified again, Lord. We thank you, Father. Lord, how we love you, Lord. Lord, as we continue to worship you, we know that our tithes and our offering is another part of the worship also. Lord, may you bless every penny that our dear brothers and sisters, Lord, that labor, Lord, that labor, do all the works, and Lord, Lord, to put this money before you. Lord, this is not for man. This is not for church. Lord, this is another worship that we presented it before you. May you just multiply. And also, Lord, just put a double portion of the blessing to each of your children as we continue to worship you. We thank you, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may have your seats. This one. Okay. Amen. Once again, I just want to welcome you all into the house of the Lord. I neglected, I'm sorry, Brother Joe and Sister Aaron, to share your names with the congregation, but be sure you greet them. Also, I heard that uh, Sister Peterson was also here from Arizona. Some of you might remember Brother Al and Sister Minnie. It's their granddaughter. Where is, is she here? We could welcome her as well. Maybe not. Oh, she is there. God bless you. Welcome. Nice to have you here with us as well. We're going to invite our brother George. Brother, would you like to come? We'll just have you sing right away. He's going to sing a song we know. I encourage you to sing along with him. I'm sure he'd appreciate it as well. And there is a note also regarding the Thanksgiving weekend. They are approaching the capacity of what the kitchen is able to do. So if you were thinking about going, you need to let the office know as soon as possible. And we're going to have a wonderful time there the Saturday after Thanksgiving. God bless you, brother George. Thank you for saying welcome home also. Yeah, I know you've been greeted before. But you got... For a long time I traveled on a long, lonely road My heart was so heavy and seen I sang low And I heard about Jesus What a wonderful hour I'm so glad
sing once my heart and soul were fettered amen the great emancipator let's sing that as sister natasha and the group of sisters are going to come sing for us as well let's do it maybe in the share with you um, this song. I got this song. Um, it's not my song, but it's uh, from Shannon Wexelberg. 
And, uh, but I, I, ha I have Sister Vandy and some sisters that are sick in my heart, so... And And the song was like a prayer. And when I was praying, yeah. uh, they were in my heart like they were singing the song. So this song is a prayer. And anybody here who has a need, let this song be a prayer for you.
chorus, you are my refuge. Brother Michael's going to come bring the word this morning. Are you ready for the word? Amen. Beautiful atmosphere we have this morning. Just want him to take his liberty. Amen. Let's sing this together as he comes now. You are my refuge. And you are my sin. thankful he's your refuge. Surely in this time of this hour we live in, I'm sure people are wondering and running, but have no refuge to go to. Time of fear. Men's hearts failing for fear. Don't take it for granted that you have a place you can come and say, Lord, you're my refuge this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm unsure of the future. Well, we know who holds tomorrow, don't we? So that's why you can run into him and be safe. Amen. Welcome this morning. To the presence of the Lord, I thought, Lord, this is your day. He rested on the seventh day. He resurrected on the seventh day. So we honor the seventh day. Amen. So we're going to come and honor his precious name this morning with fellowship around the word of God. Amen. Welcome dad and mom back. <laughs> I was trying to get him to say something this morning. He says, I'm just, my eyeballs are going different directions. So <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Uh, well, we're glad to have him back. From what I heard, it was a wonderful time. And anxious to hear just a report of what the Lord is doing in the Philippines. Amen. Well, we can...
turn to our Bibles this morning. Thank you, musicians. Appreciate that. Appreciate the specials this morning. Amen. In the shadow, in the cleft of the rock. Amen. May he hide us in his pavilion. Amen. Brother Brown took that scripture in the secret of his pavilion for rapture, because that's where I want to be. Amen. At this time, we can turn to Mark 11 this morning. So thankful to hear their testimony. Brother Mucci, Sister Grace. Brother Josh sent a little text in and says, We need prayer. I, just, I know different ones texted in at that moment and said, Well, we'll go to prayer now. I just was st- sitting there in my little study and I just thought, Why? My, what, what a precious thing it is that we have confidence. And we can say, oh, We need prayer right now. We have an urgent need right now. And brothers and sisters could go to prayer, and then the Lord would meet the need. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So that then gives us faith to know that the other needs that we have that we are still holding, he can meet those needs too. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You would probably, if anybody was here, I sure hope, hopefully you were all here last week, and you're like, wait a second, Brother Michael, this is the same scripture. <laughs> Who caught that? Uh-huh. <laughs> well... <laughs> Who was here last Sunday? Mark 11 was preached last Sunday. Brother Tim, before he left, continue to remember him in prayer. He's in Uganda now. I know that uh, is not easy journeys and traveling and such these days, so remember him in prayer and family at home. Mark 11 is where Brother Tim preached from last uh, week, and I, had, I chuckled to myself, Sister Eleanor. We chuckled with each other. Our, we caught our eyes. Brother Jean down the back, Brother Murphy says, well, interesting, because we were fellowshipping around this, this uh, as well, and so we just thought, my, we're in the channel. And uh, so I'm just going to take a little scripture from it again, different, maybe different angle, and uh, the Lord be help us this morning. Amen. You pull. If you have a need, you have a desire, you ask him. I'm, we're just uh, here to yield. Amen. So let's uh, read in Mark 11. We're going to start in verse 11. Easy for you, Mark 11, 11. Jesus answered, or sorry, entered into Jerusalem and into the temple, and when he had looked round about upon all things and... Now the eventide was come, he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. So that was such an interesting scripture. He went into the temple, he looked around about upon all things. So he just walked around. <laughs> he looked around about, that's what the scripture says. And then time passed, and even, even in tide came, and he went unto Bethany with the twelve. And on the morrow, when they were come unto Beth- from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off and having leaves, he came. Happily, he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs is not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. And I'm going to skip to verse 20. And in the morning, as they passed, by they saw the fig tree. And it was dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answered and saith to him, unto them, Have faith. In God. Amen. Amen. Have faith in God. Amen. I'm going to have you turn to one other scripture, 1 Kings 22. You think after the disciples, after so long, they'd been walking with Jesus and seeing the different things, hearing him say, no, we, uh, no one will eat from thee hereafter forever, you'd think they wouldn't have been surprised. They would have expected that when they passed by. Said, My goodness, the fig tree is withered away. Yes, because he spoke. <laughs> the creator spoke. He did whatever he, he, he willed, and he was showing them, have faith in God. 
Amen. First, uh, we're going to go verse First Kings 22, uh, yep, 22 and 34. You probably think this is kind of a pretty random scripture to tie together. Pray the Lord help me tie it together. <clears throat> I'm a Wednesday speaker. <laughs> First Kings 22:34, and it says, "And a certain man drew a bow at a venture." And we will end right there. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come and honor this day. Lord, a day that you so chose to rise again, Lord, the resurrection. What a day that would have been, Lord. And so we're here today, Lord, honoring that, remembering it, Lord, keeping it before ourselves, Lord. We are not a dead God, but you are a living God amongst us today, moving amongst your people, preparing a people that we would be ready at this time at this age, Lord, so that we're, we're able, Lord, to come to the complete fruition of your plan that you can sweep this bride away. So we pray this morning, Lord, your word would just, Lord, drop into our souls. It would, Lord, just lift us up into your precious presence. I don't know the needs of your people. I don't know the burdens of their heart. I don't know where they're living, Lord, but you surely do. So I pray this morning your word would be, Lord, so exact, so, Lord, precise, Lord, it would meet, Lord, the very heart's cry of your people this morning, both, Lord, here and, Lord, that would be listening, Lord, on the internet as well, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 You may have your seats this morning. So, well, Brother Michael, why did you stop really half, not even halfway, really shortly on that scripture? Well, we'll see. God, and a certain man drew a bow at a venture. God don't venture. Wow. God doesn't venture. I don't know, then maybe you don't even know what the word means. <laughs> well, <laughs> venture, it's just perchance. It's, you know, it's luck. It's an event that, you know, is not, uh, you know, can't be foreseen. You know, it just happens tense. It maybe is going to take place. But I'm telling you, God doesn't venture. He doesn't, he's not, a, he's not, well, maybe it's going to happen today or tomorrow. There's people that are venturous. They're venture capitalists. You know, they, they put money out there to, you know, to throw into a company and say, hey, this place has got some high growth potential, but it's also got high risk potential. And, but they say, you know what, I'm just going to, I got some money, I got deep pockets, and so I'm going to throw a little bit of the top off my pocket into this company, and uh, eh, maybe something's going to happen for me. That's a venture capitalist because it's high risk, but potentially high return. Okay, he's a venture. You know, there's someone that is an adventurer. He's going to where no man's gone before. He's on a venture because he has no clue what's ahead of him. He's, he's going he's to journey. There's something unknown ahead of him, and he's going he's gonna to take it come what may. Who knows? It could be tragedy. It could be joyous uh, you know, riches ahead. You know, there's lots in the olden days who would have ventured out in an adventure, but they had no idea what lay ahead of them. God don't venture. God does not do that. You know, there's certain types of people. Some people like that. They like these high risk. You know, they're willing to venture. <laughs> those high, you know, those venture capitalists, they just don't care. It's not really actually, in some cases, not, not they don't care. They just have too much money, so you got to figure out what to do with it. So it has nothing to do with their characteristics. But some, they like that. They like to risk it all. They like to kind of put it out there and, and you know, see what happens. And they, that's kind of built in them. Some people are, are totally opposite. Maybe they're kind of the laissez-faire type, you know, they, they, have no, they have no desire for risk, they rarely plan, it's just, you know, easy come, easy go, 
You know, that's just kind of how it is. And, you know, there's everybody in the middle. You got all these spectrums. But uh, there's some, though, that they, there's some that just desire everything to be perfect. They're the perfectionist. You know, they, they desire that, uh, it ain't nothing about adventure with them. It, it's planned. It, it's, it's everything is just right in line. They have a certain desire. They have a certain goal ahead of them. And they're going to achieve it. They're going to do whatever it takes to achieve it. <clears throat> yes? Yes? Yeah, I know. Some, everybody knows at least one. You have to. There's at least one. A perfectionist, right? He refuses to accept anything short of perfection, of a certain standard. You know, they, they, have, they, they have to be very accurate and precise in, in all their ways. And, and they, you know, they, it can almost drive them mad. It almost drives other people mad, too. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah, there's some, every time I looked up, I said, who are the top perfectionists of our day? You know who always came up with Steve Jobs. I know those that hate Apple, that's okay, but he came up all the time. Steve Jobs was a perfectionist, and there's many others, but uh, it, it drove people almost insane in the company because he, he was so driven. It had to be so accurate, so precise to what, he was, you know, what was in his mind and trying to attain something. You know, someone, they, have a, they have an image, and they need to get there. You know, some people can do that. Maybe just throw up my first slide. This is going to be like a Wednesday night on a Sunday morning, so you forgive me. All right? Some people try to, to attain a certain, uh, certain objective, and uh, I guess I'll do it myself. Yep. Somebody had that image before them, and this was what was placed before their eyes and said, achieve that. And they attempted it, but they did not achieve anything even close to the, to the representation before them. And I'm sure that person was definitely not a perfectionist because if they did, they'd probably crawl up into a room and cry and never come out because they didn't achieve it. The, 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 there's the, okay, this is not working. Can you just click on the screen? There we go. This person, he was given the old book of Moby Dick. He said, please, represent it. I want it to be accurate. I want you to nail that thing and just give it me perfect representation. And... That's what they got. I don't even know if you could call that even a, a whale of a whale. But anyways, <laughs> this is not working for me, Joseph. I need you to click somewhere. There we go. Mr. Scrooge was also given as an option, just giving you a couple, just to show you that, that sometimes you can have something in your mind that you're going to try and achieve, and you're gonna, you, you, you need to get it just so perfect, it just doesn't come out that way. And this person didn't make it that way. No, you can turn those off now. I feel sorry for them. But some, they are, they're driven. They get a thrill to, 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 to ensure that the goal in front of them, it, 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 they nail it. They hit, they hit it. They hit the mark. You know, they just get right. They hit the spot. You know, it was right, right there. But uh, there's a difference when you're trying to hit something. In science, there's a difference between accuracy and precision. And they're, they're, it's, it's quite different, actually. You say, well, that's very precise. And in your mind, you might think that's accurate. And some might say, well, man, you're right, on, you're right on the spot. You're super accurate there. But you might say they're precise. But they're actually very different. Accuracy refers to how close a measurement is to the true or actual target value. Okay, and I'm going to show you a graphic just to help you out. Precision refers to how close the measurement is of the same item to each other. So maybe if you can click just one click. There we go. This is low accuracy and low precision. Somebody was working themselves to the target, threw the arrows out there off their bow, but no accuracy, no precision. Next one, please. The next person came up 
And he has high precision because he threw four arrows out there and they hit very close to the same spot. So he's extremely precise. He, 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 just, he hit a certain area, but he was totally inaccurate. So the next one, he came, the next person threw it out. He was right close to the target. He kind of went all the way around, maybe even one right into the bullseye. And so he was, he was accurate. He was, he, was, he was accurate with his bow. And then, but the fourth person... They, they threw it out there, and they were right in the target every time. That is high accuracy, high precision. Okay? There you go. Now all you students are going to go to science class, and you're going to know exactly what your teacher's talking about when you deal with that in science 8. All right. The Word of God is always high precision, high accuracy. Amen. He doesn't venture even a little bit. He's not high precision. And just throwing it out there and hitting the same spot three times, four times over, but way off the target. The devil does. He throws it out there. In fact, he might throw a couple even close, and then he'll throw a zinger way off the side. But God is always on the mark, all the time. Never unprecise, never inaccurate. Amen? And I'll say there's only one target. The devil might throw a lot of targets out there. But there is one target. And that is the Word of God. Always, every time. Now, humanity, unfortunately, is always changing all through the years. And so what is actually accurate and precise today is not what was accurate and precise 100 years ago. You know, to, to be living just right on with the status quo or the standard of that time, well, that has changed. So the target has changed for humanity. We live in changing times. In fact, you can't even say something anymore. You can be in a boardroom meeting with a company, and you might say something, you could get fired because you were way off. You didn't nail it. You didn't hit the target at all. You, you were so off, off the line with, with, with the current changing times. You can say this, you can't say that. You could do this, you can't do that. And so the world's target is shifting, always shifting. You want to line up with the world's target, you are way off the world's target. I'll tell you that right now. If you're saying, well, I'm just right in line with kind of the, the socioeconomics of the day and the, the popular culture, you are so far off the Word of God, it's not even funny. Nobody wants to offend anybody these days. They say the wrong thing, and my goodness. But we start, unfortunately, what happens is we get, as the frog gets boiled in the pot, you start aligning yourself with the standard of the day. And so you're saying, well, you know, how are we? And you're kind of checking yourself with those around him. And, and you're saying, you know, am I, am I kind of right on with, with, with the, the culture around me? But that is, that is a terrible way to live life because you are way off what God's Word is ordaining you to be. We cannot align our homes with the desires of the world currently, the trend of the world currently. And you might be very precise about your idea, but you can be very inaccurate with where you're shooting. But Abraham actually says, he goes, when you start, if you start wrong, you'll keep on going wrong. So it is his quote. A bullet is supposed to be directed to a target, and you jerk the barrel off thousands off here to begin with. At a hundred yards, you're four or five inches off. How important that we ensure that we are so pointed dead on Dead on with our life, with whatever we're doing in our, in our life, whether in our home trajectories, what, you, what you've lined up with mom and dad in their correct place. And suddenly we get influenced maybe by the, by the world's way or the world's target that they're aiming at. This is kind of what you need to look like, and how are you aligning with that? 
But if you're doing that, your trajectory is going to be so off if you're pointing just a little bit off of your target. Moms are supposed to be keepers of the home. Not daddy's supposed to be keepers of the home. That's a mom's position of the home. But that's not today's target. That is not what it is. It, 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 it's so far off. Well, it's a 50-50 deal. You know, I should be doing half of this and half of that. No, he's a worker. He's the sweat of his brow. He goes to work. He provides for his home. The mama is the keeper of a home. That's today. That's way off for today, but not for God's words. My goodness, I think sometimes I'm going to be just brutal honest with you. I look at some of the things that we allow, allow our children to deal with and, and such. We want as parents to try and set our children up with the most perfect trajectory. We want them to succeed naturally, spiritually. And, and we, so we, we want to set their course just perfect and nurture them along and say, you know, that trajectory for my son or daughter is just dead on. I'm pointing them to Christ. But then we're putting things into their hands. We're putting phones in their hands at 12 and 13 years old. And we're just giving them a, we're, we're, are you really actually aligning? Are you really pointing at the right thing? I tell you, the trajectory is off. We need to stay on course. We need to keep it in line. We need to check our target. What are we looking at? But I say God's word never veers off course. It's never off the target. It's never haphazard. And so we're going to go into this a little bit. You go back to 1 Kings. You don't have to turn there. We're just going to go there. But 1 Kings says, And it came to pass when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat. And they said, Surely it is the king of Israel. So now they're in battle. Jehoshaphat buddied up with Ahab. And, and uh, you know the story where Ahab went into, was, uh, was wanting to go against Syria here, I believe it is, or Samaria. And uh, he said, you know, come and fight with me. And so here they're going to fight. He, uh, Jehoshaphat looks like the king. Ahab's disguised himself. He's gone into battle. And so this is the prior bit. And uh, verse 33 says, it came to pass when the captains of the chariots perceived that it was not the king of Israel, because Jehoshaphat was out there. And they said, we're only looking for the king. We only want to get the king. And so off they went, actually. It said the captains went after him. And then uh, Jehoshaphat he, poor fella, he shouldn't have been there in the first place. And here he was now, he's, he's trotting around in his chariot. He's all looking like the king, because Ahab told him to dress in his kingly manner, and then goes and disguises himself. That should have been another key. Hmm, I don't think I want to fight with this guy. Anyways, here is Ahab, or Jehoshaphat, and he cries out. He says, oh, he cried out, is what the scripture says. And it came to pass, when the captains of the chariots perceived that it was not the king of Israel, that they turned back from pursuing him. And so Jehoshaphat says, whew, I, I dodged that one. But 34 says, a certain man drew a bow on a venture. Here it was. Here is a man in battle. He's in the heat of battle. Everything's going on around him. Men are, men are going every which way. Anybody here been in battle lately? <laughs> I have. <laughs> Today, right now. <laughs> yes, but in this type of battle, no. None of us has ever been. And it's chaos, I'm sure, everywhere. People are fighting, men are crying, there's yelling, and, and there's, it's just swords are being moved around. Anyways, I won't get too descriptive. And, and so he's now, he's now there. The chariots have moved off from Jehoshaphat, and, and, and they're pursuing the wrong guy. And the roar of battle is there, and he reaches to pull his bow. He's like, I don't know, pulls his bow. Scripture says, on adventure. Just like, ah, I'm going to throw one out there. So he grabs his bow, don't know where it was, but there it was, throw, puts an arrow into it, and eh, and just let her fly on a venture. This is what he did. 
just on a whim. You know, he was innocent. He had no, you know, he had no specific malice in his heart. He just, you know, I'm going to throw it out there. Hopefully, I'll hit somebody. You know, just let her go. He's just on a venture. Who really knows what's going to happen? I'm just going to kick, get into the sky. Maybe he threw it almost straight up and down. Who knows what he did? But he threw it off on a venture. All right. So now that's, that's in the air. Let's leave it there. Now, the word of God had gone forth. God's word had gone forth behind this, okay? So 1 Kings 21, the word of God came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Arise, go down and meet Ahab, king of Israel, which is in Samaria. He's in the vineyard of Naboth, and he has gone down to possess it. Okay, so Ahab heads down, and he says, And thou shalt speak to him. Thus saith the Lord. My, I love that in Scripture. Hast thou killed and taken possession? And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, In the place where the dogs lick the blood of Naboth, shall dogs lick thy blood, even thine. God's word has now been uttered out of the mouth of a servant of God. And the archer has no idea of this prophecy. It's on a venture. He doesn't even know that this happened. This actually was a couple years back. This is a few years forward in time, all right? Up to three years. And so the bow, arrow notched in battle. It's going like crazy. He looks around, throws it out there, and it's in the air. And here the scripture says, and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. Wherefore he said unto the driver's chariot, turn thy hand, carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. And the battle increased that day, and the king stayed up in his chariot against the Syrians and died at even. And the blood ran out of the wound into the midst of the chariot, and there went a proclamation to the host, going down to the sun, saying, every man to his city, every man to his country. And so the king died and was brought to Samaria and buried the king of, in Samaria. And one washed the chariot in the pool of Samaria, and the dogs licked up his blood, and they washed his armor, according unto the word of the Lord, he spake. Yeah. Amen. Amen. He was a man. He just thought, Adam's going to throw one out there and sends an arrow into the air. But God had already spoke a word before, and he said, uh-uh, that is not adventure. You might think that's adventure, but my word has been spoken. And it went forth and grabbed that arrow, said, you're going exactly where I directed it. Because my word said, Ahab, your blood's going to be licked by a dog. And so a man is thinking, well, I'm just going to do my thing in battle and toss it out. But no, God ordained that arrow to fulfill the very word of God. Amen. It wasn't even the only arrow. I bet you there was other arrows flying. But there was a certain arrow, a certain one that God said, that's ordained. That's what my word is going to come to pass by. How much more? This was just a random soldier. Throwing something on a venture, thinking it was a venture, but it was not. It was an ordained trajectory. It had a specific course of action. How much more you? How much more you? With the word of God on your lips. And you say, well, I'm just going to go to prayer. I'm just going to maybe get on my knees and, and put, put, a, put, a, put a word out there. No, sir. Your word is not venturous. God's word, your sons and daughters of God. It is not on a venture. I just... Put it out there. The word of God will pull that prayer down and make sure 
it attacks exactly what it's meant to. It's an instrument on your lips, the word of God. It's an object of destruction to the enemy. God don't venture. I'm going to tell you that a few times. So when you walk out of this church this morning, say, my God ain't no venturist. My God is ordained. His spoken word will come to pass. They say, wow, I'll just let my song out there. I'll just kind of throw it out. No, nobody notices even me. Who was that soldier? Who was it? You know what? He might have not even, he could have threw it out there and then got one himself. Oh, he's gone. He didn't even know where his arrow went. Didn't even know potentially. He just threw it out there. You might not even know. You're on your knees in prayer. You might not even know you sung a song this morning and your bow, your arrow went out there. But God says, I got something ordained for that. And you leave the platform and you go home. And you're like, well, I don't know where that went. He could have died, that old soldier. But God's word came to pass, whether he knew it or not. Why? Because the word of God was spoken. The word of God was spoken by a prophet. And he says, I'll never let my word come to be void. Never. He spoke it. Thus saith the Lord. Guess what? That arrow could hang for a long time. But God's going to pull her down at some point for his word to come to pass. That's called high accuracy and high precision. You know, it was hanging in there for long, for up to three years. <laughs> the word, whew, that arrow was sent out. And it just came in line. The other arrow, the natural one, whew, came in line with the spiritual one. And boom! Sorry, Ahab, but the word spoke against you. I love it. So shall my word go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that which I please. Amen. His word, not my word. His word. That's why he said, thus saith the Lord. His word will come to pass. Oh, you wonder what's going on in the world these days. Say, well, the world's going crazy and Putin's looking to, to do crazy things and oh my goodness, could this be it? Maybe there's a soldier. I was thinking, my goodness, maybe there's a soldier and just on a venture, he's like, well, let's throw this one up in the air. <laughs> he's, somebody's going to get let loose a missile, some projectile, some new technology, an arrow and a missile. You know, it's just time that has advanced there. But someone will throw it up in the air. Why? Because God's word must come to pass. Because before one bomb falls, he says, but we do have a bomb shelter. He said, it's not made out of steel. It's made out of feathers. Under his wings, we will abide. When the bomb falls, we'll be in glory. So somebody has to throw a bomb in the air, maybe on a venture. But why? God's word's going to come to pass. Amen. Amen. 
I tell you, God's word is long range. <laughs> long range without no deviations either. You know, NASA, they're planning to go to the moon. They're trying to get there. They've had to delay their launch multiple times. It's currently scheduled for mid-November to just go and take a look at it <laughs> with nobody on the, on, the, on the jet. But then they got a second one planned. So they're going to send people so that they can look at the moon. Then they got a third one planned. We're going to put people on the moon. This is their plan. But you know, if you look at the squiggles of their trajectory, man, they're constantly, you know, putting the jets on to make sure that we stay exactly. I mean, they go around, you know, try to grab gravitation and whew, launch them into space and they spin around the moon and whew, back. My goodness, pretty intense. But they have to do a lot of work to make sure it don't get out of line or that old rocket's gone. God don't need no, <laughs> put the boosters on to make sure that, oh, sorry, my word's moving off, sorry, off target. It's never off target. It's not on a venture. It's going directly where it is. It don't matter how long it is. You know, a man just created a little bit ago some fancy new scope that they could put on a gun. It's got servers and Wi-Fi servers and all these different things inside of it that actually kind of that tie in with the trigger. And so you can do a thousand yard shot. Never shot a gun in your life. But you can go and look at a thousand yards and you can go mark it, boop, hit the button, it marks the target, and then you just pull the trigger. And then you just move that scope. And when the dot lines up with the dot, it fires the shot. So you're a sniper. Never have to fire a shot in your life before that. Man's desiring to get the bullet right on. What can I do to make sure I'm so accurate? God don't need nothing like that. God spoke his word a long time ago. It's going to come to pass. But sometimes it's hanging in the air, and we just don't have time to wait for it. It's there. Eve, but Abraham says, couldn't wait. He says she didn't have the patience to wait for the spoken word to be fulfilled, to create a word seed. He says, now you see the seed she was holding. She would have finally become a mother by the will of God through a spoken word. Amen? Through the word of God. Because it would have to come to pass. She would have finally become a mother, but she couldn't wait. Lord, help us to realize that if it's his word, it don't matter how long it's hanging in the air, it's going to come to pass. He said, oh, but he, Brother Brown says that's what Adam found. He says Christ found, couldn't wait. That's the matter with the people. They can't wait for the real Holy Spirit to take the church in position, trying to manufacture something. They're trying to the initial evidence, speaking in tongues, and get more members to the church. He said, kind of Tommy rot. Instead of waiting upon the Lord for the real manifestation of the resurrection of Christ, making himself known among the people. Oh, my. Lord, help us. That we don't get all in a churn. Lord, we're, we're desiring you. Try and put your idea in here, your thought into that. I should make this happen. No. God's word will bring it to pass at his ordained time. Oh, the serpent. He come in and started speaking, though, a different word. He was making sure. I can tell you he was pretty precise. He's very calculated. Making sure he said the, exactly the right thing. But Abraham speaks about it. He said it sounded right. You know, he said multiply, replenish. Isn't that what God said? He gave you a body to do that. You're made for this. And some of them started to seem like they were maybe hitting on target. You're like, wow, that, that sounds about right. Well, yeah, he did say that. It's exactly right. But then he threw in a zinger. He says, but you won't die. Could just be one arrow. Just be one word. 
That's how you know it is the devil himself. Because every single time, if it's God's word, it'll align with his scripture every moment, every time. But the devil just threw one way off target. But everything else sounded about right, so what about that one? And so there Eve swallowed and doubted God's word. But God's word must come to pass. Must come to pass. Brother Bram says that Eve hybrid it. She breed it. What did it do? It turned to death. He says, now here stays the word just the same. The word laying there, just the same. Now what happened? Here's the word. The word that God spoke to multiply and replenish the earth, it couldn't find a place to land. So it was shot out of the mouth of God to multiply and replenish the earth. My spoken word is going to get out there and it's going to come to pass. And it couldn't find a place. It's hanging now. But Abraham says it couldn't find a place to land. Come on. Come on. It shot out. This is much longer range than anything Putin can make or anything your U.S. government can make. I know we don't got it here in Canada, but they got missiles that are going 15, 16, 18,000 kilometers an hour, and they're just moving to get, they got high-precision tech now that they're putting in the missile heads, and they're, they're actually re-architecting them so they can drop it on the, just the right middle of a building, and, and their accuracy is so dead on. But God's long range is so much more accurate than that. Way before the foundation of the world, says, I'm going to have a seed. I'm going to have a bride. I spoken it. It's my desire and it's going to come to pass. And so here it's sitting out there in the eternities of time. Oh, he said multiply and replenish. But God looked forward. He said even in a way, but God was looking forward. He saw a womb that it would land in, that would bring it to pass. He said, I don't know, well, I don't care what the devil does. My word must come to pass. He had his target already marked. <laughs> He just had his target marked. He just pulled the trigger. He didn't have to look anymore because he knew that's actually what they do. They put goggles on this gun I was just talking to you about. They can just look like this, stream, the, stream it to their eyeglasses and pull the trigger like this, and then they move their head around so that the reticle gets on the dot. Don't even look it. God, that's man. God done the same thing. He's like, I spoke it. You don't think God is like, oh, my goodness, is it going to make it? Is it going to reach the target? No, he is moving on. I spoke it. It's going to come to pass. I've got other things to worry about. I'm, I have got the whole world looking down, and I preordained it, so why am I worrying about it? But Abraham says, finally, this word, it caught into the womb of a virgin. Oh, my, finally, finally that arrow, what? It landed on a virgin who said, oh, God, be it unto me. He was waiting for that moment. He had ordained. He marked the target. And there was Mary just walking along one day. And there an angel come, Gabriel, starts to announce to her what's going to happen. You're going to conceive one of the Holy Ghost. Oh, how can this be? You're gonna, he's going to overshadow you. She's, oh, be it unto me. And God says, yes, square on the target. Oh, my. He says, my accuracy is dead on. I'm precise. She was ordained, and it landed right there. He says, virgin born, I'm given this life that in, if you by faith will accept what the Father and all the prophets, all the word of God, I will pour this life down upon you. And you, you can't do nothing else but produce the same thing that I am. Why? Because it's his spoken word. 
He's putting his word into her womb. So it's impossible for anything else to come to be, come to pass. It will be the word himself that is born. He says, that bride in my likeness will receive what Eve did not and born of my seed word. He said, there's a revival going on. What is it? It's a sowing. You don't hear very much of Billy Graham no more, do you? What about Oral? What about the rest of them? Big great revival fire. It's not burning. What is it? It's the end time seed again. He said, the word has been sown. He says, but the word of God has been sowed. And when the spirit of God begins to fall, the word of God will live in the people. He said, that false bride's committed adultery, brought herself creeds, sold out her birthrights. But where the word of God has been sowed into the hearts of the people, it will reap a bride of Christ, for Christ, as certain as I'm standing here. Why? Because God doesn't venture. God's word doesn't just throw out there. He knows exactly where each one of his people are. And he said, I've thrown out an arrow there. I threw out an arrow there. I threw out an arrow there. It was purposed. It was specific because he knew it was going to land right there in the heart, right there in the heart, right there in the heart. And he said, I'm going to have a people. I'm going to have a bride when my spoken word drops into the womb of a virgin people. They'll accept it. They won't doubt it. And I am accurate. And here you are. Here you are. He said, wow, sometimes it's hard to see that arrow through the eternities. And it's been flying through thousands of years. Thousands of years because it was spoken by Almighty God. It was spoken for you, David. You got to personalize it. It's spoken for you. The arrow of God flew out the word of God on his lips because there was a day when you would catch it and he smote you with the word of God and the seed inside says yeah that's me that started awakening it's the Mary of old is now here today and she's saying yes be it unto me according to thy word and the seed inside awakens not about maybe back in the day when Jesus I'd just been crucified, and he was walking. He said, there's a man. By the power of God, he could tell the people in the audience, perceive their thoughts, and foretell the things. And he said, he even sent an apostle to, to uh, first fish and take a coin from its mouth. It's Brother Branham, speaking about the days of Christ when he was on the earth. He was accurate in his predictions. He never failed one time. He told a person something. It was always perfect. And here we see a man, Roman soldiers now. Oh, they're wrapping his face around a rag around his face. They couldn't see him hitting his head. And with a stick, he says, now you tell us you're a prophet. Prophesire, you tell us who hit you. Oh my, he said, we've seen a man who's not able to do these things now. And then suddenly he was doing all these things. And now in weakness, he's seemingly defeated. But Abraham says it broke their faith. It should not have. But it did. He says, and it does yet. He said, we've seen a man who could call the dead from a grave. We could do all these wonderful miracles, see him hang on a cross, spittle all over his face, his beard, face bleeding. Soldiers jerked out his beard, spit on him, and then seeing his back beat to a pulp. He says, I wonder, my, are we thinking the same thing now? 
He says, oh, the Pentecostal church 1900 years ago went to boat preaching the gospel, healing the sick, seeing visions and miracles. He said, and all of a sudden, it lost its power. He says, did you ever think about it that way? You ever think about it that way? My, what a time that would have been. The word was being put out. He was speaking it. The dead were he raised. The sick were healed. The lame raised. Lazarus come from the grave. And then suddenly he's on the cross. Oh, my goodness. He said, do you ever think about it that way? But he, he's, Brother Bram's talking about those on Emmaus. And they're dismayed. They're dismayed. He said, Jesus begins to speak to them. Oh, slow of heart. Why are you disheartened? What are, what are you so worried and, and downhearted about? Think what they just experienced. I was trying to put myself there. The earth was renting and quaking. The sun even hid its face because the creator was hanging in shame between heaven and earth, and the earth couldn't even handle it. And here humanity is spitting in his face after what he just did, proved that he was Messiah over and over and over again, but they turned their back on him. And there's a little few people that stood there and said, how, how can this be? He was the son of, he was the Christ, the son of the living God. And now Peter's denied him and he's hanging in shame and they're walking. Put yourself there. You know, I wonder how many were like that when the prophet left the scene. They're like, how could this be? How could this be? So much was going on. <laughs> they were down and depressed. Whole world been ended now to them. Almost like it's just complete loss of direction. Who can, well, you know, who could have done these things but God himself? But it looks like he's just been, he's been crucified. Not looks, he has been. <laughs> but my goodness, Jesus said, he started to talk to them. He started to give them scripture that had been spoken of thousands of years before. They were arrows that had been released by a prophet, by a prophet, by a prophet. And he was saying, how could this be? And he just starts to tell him, didn't you know? Didn't you know about Isaiah? Didn't you know he spoke of this? Didn't you know Jeremiah? Didn't you know he spoke of this? And he starts telling them, this arrow that was released here, this arrow that was released here, it's my word that has to come to pass. Don't be dismayed. It's the word of God being fulfilled. Oh, my my goodness, I can imagine, he said, oh, I, could, I don't know how he would have articulated it, but he would have said, don't you remember? Maybe I'll end this conversation as I need to go my way and you need to go your way. But I'm just going to tell you the very last one. Don't you remember that in the Garden of Eden, he said that his heel would bruise his head? Don't you remember when that word was spoken? Well, I just want to tell you, that had to become fulfilled. I have to come to crush the head of the serpent because my word is accurate. I don't know if it went that way because they were like, well, we need to constrain him. So their eyes weren't quite opened yet, but he was talking about it. That's what he was talking about. He was talking about how his word spoken through the mouths of his servants must come to pass and did and did. I said, don't be disheartened. These things we go through, the end we're in. I've told my wife a few times. I says, you know, I don't think it's getting easier. If you're expecting Easy Street here, or that it's going to actually just kind of plateau, you're on the wrong train. It ain't getting easier. Hate to break it to you, but it's very, very, very few. It's going to be a rough go. It's going to be a rough go. All that can be shaken will be shaken. 
so that that which cannot be shaken, that which cannot be shaken, the word of God, that which the seed that has responded to the word of the hour, those ones, the unshakable, the unmovable remain. Then I will know who are mine and who are not. So is it going to shake? Oh, yeah, it's going to shake. Scripture says, let no man deceive you by any means. No man deceive you. If someone's telling you otherwise, Scripture says, don't, let, don't be deceived. So you just better listen close. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away. That's Scripture. You say, well, that's tough to swallow. It's Word. It must come to pass. Does it make it easy? No. No, they went through groaning, seeing a savior on a cross. Groaning, just mind-numbing moments. But a word had to come to pass. It had to come to pass. God's expression through you cannot help, cannot help but be so accurate and so precise because it's his word. The strain. Now, you know what a family strain is? Like, man, you look like your dad. You know, we get phone calls in the study. Hi, Brother Tom. Do you have a title tonight? No, this isn't Brother Tom. Hi, Brother Michael. Is your title tonight? No, this isn't Brother Michael. Because there's a strain in the family that our voices sound similar. Okay? It's called a family strain. You say, well, you look like your dad or you look like your mom or my goodness. Ain't that something I saw little Johnny do a long time ago? Yeah, well, it's one of them strains. <laughs> they come, good or bad, don't they? That's humanity. But it will, if it's a gene, and it gets dropped into that offspring of yours, it's going to manifest exactly what that gene has coded itself to be. It's, been, it's, it's got all the specific stuff for that specific trait. And it's impossible for that trait, maybe it's that perfectionist a trait that gets dropped in there, and it's impossible for that gene to become the lazy guy. Mm-mm. It's not like, well, I, you know, it just, it just doesn't work that way. It, it's a gene, it's coded a certain way, it must come to pass. I don't know how else to say it to you, but it's going to happen. You just wait a few years, and then you'll be like, oh yeah, it did. Yeah, it will manifest in time. But Abraham says, have you ever heard of a strain in a family? It will kind of impersonate his father or mother or grandfather. That strain, he goes, it's that same thing from predestination. He said, you're supposed to be here in the right way at the beginning. But being you come the way you did, you're subject to the fall. But that being that you're predestinated to hear the word. Come on, this is a good quote. This one should sink deep into your heart. It brings you right back where you were predestinated. Amen. Never saw that before, he says. Bring you right. Why? He says, what makes you believe the word of God and turn down other things? What is it? It's the strength. He says, it's because there's something in you. He says, way back yonder. He says, what? You are made to live here forever. That's the strain in you. You are made to live forever. You cannot help but be that. You say, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know. I'm sorry, but that little kid, he's not wondering, am I going to become like my dad? Am I going to have a certain trait? If it's there, it will come. 
He doesn't have to think about it. He doesn't have to work it up. He doesn't have to turn some bolts and nuts in his body to make it happen and tinker around. It's going to happen. And it will happen. You are seeds and sons and daughters of God. So if God put a seed there and his word went forth and said, I will have a bride. Guess what, bride? You're going to come to back. Amen. And you know what? God stepped back. He says, that's exactly what I had in my mind. It ain't no cake and cake. He's like, I nailed it. That's, that's my daughter. She's part of me. That's my son. That's my perfect image that I desired. Because why? Because you have him inside of you. The spoken word is the original seed. Because you received a word. You received a word in this day, a message in this day to reignite, to resurrect, to put a flame inside of you. Well, then what's the use of preaching, Brother Branham? He says, well, you know, if I'm just predestined, I don't have to worry about it. He says, there's a crop out there, and I'm going to do the signing. You know what that word means? It's like you're, you know, the signing, signing net, and you're, you're filtering out the good and the bad, the fish and the not the fish. And I'm just throwing it out there. See where it goes. If the repellent, the grease of the muck of the world and the denominations throw it off, can't help it. But there's one out there that can absorb it. He'll turn to be a son and daughter of God just as sure as the world because it's predestinated. Why are we going out there? Why is Brother Tim out there? Why? I'll tell you why. Because it's throwing the net out there. Why does every brother and preacher and every one of you go out to work? Because you're throwing the word out there. Because a predestinated seed will grab a hole. You know, sometimes it gets thrown out there. And it gets thrown in a garbage can. Someone picked up a book. In a garbage can. <laughs> no, that's God Daryl. That's God Daryl. He says, Really? The garbage can? Yeah, yeah. God's accuracy is far beyond your or my mind or our thoughts. And it's precise to the right garbage can, to the right spot. Not garbage can A, but garbage can B. Right? Not a block further, but that, exactly that spot because there's somebody that's like, Oh, what's that? Oh my goodness, that looks like a book I should read. And they start to read it. Why? Because they're predestinated. God threw it out there beyond the billions and eons of years ago and said, there's a garbage can that's ordained to put my word into it, actually. And I got a son of God that's going to pick it up and read it. And it's going to quicken him to life for my last day bride. Yes, sir. That's his word, Brother EDM. Glory to God. I put a little sticky up in my office. I said, Lord, may Brother EDM be the John Ryan of today. Yeah. Hallelujah. Brother Bram says the reason God could work his works through Jesus, he was predestinated son. He was a lamb slain before the world. He said before a hundred billion, trillion, million years ago that we said Genesis 1 spoke of a while ago. He was right then predestinated to take his place. He says that's the reason the will of the Father did. He was made, the word made manifest. 
And he said, every one of the son's daughters will have the same manifestation. Amen. He said, that little group, every generation will come up in the resurrection all the way from the beginning of the world. He says, and the reason? They hold on to it. I said, oh my. They hold on to it. I don't know what's going this way or that way, up and down, and all the craziness of this world, but they hold on to it. I don't understand it. I don't know what's going on over here. I don't know what's going on over there, but I'm holding on to the word of God. And that son or daughter, that's who will rise up again in the resurrection and or be raptured and not die. I tell you, the word doesn't just reach its intended place, but it penetrates straight to the depths of the core. And that's where the word says it's quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Why? Satan's bow, he throws him out there. He's a venturer. Tell you that. Yeah, hopefully one lands. He just wants to pepper your brain. Pepper your mind with his thoughts. Well, who knows? Maybe that one will. Like, really, devil? You're tempting me with alcohol? Are you kidding me? You're insane. Try another one. Why is the guy just a venturer, man? I'm throwing it out there. He can't say it and try. Try again. That's him. He's a venturer. But I tell you, it only reaches a certain layer. It, he's, got like the, he's got like the little target tips. He screws them on every time. He's like, man, I wish I had a better tip than this. It's just that little puny thing that the little trainees get. And he throws them out there. But God's got a different arrow. He's got a different one in flight. He puts them big broadheads on. He's like, man, i got to penetrate deep into the regions and the soul of my people. So I'm going to let this one fly because there's a little bit of a crust over top of them. They have some doubt in their heart. But my word, my word is going to go down. I'm going to let that one fly. And that broadhead of the word is going to penetrate the soul of my people. That's why this message is strong, folks. That's why it is tough. Sometimes you say, whoo, dear. That is straight because it's quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. That's why when God spoke to the tree, I bought this microphone. I'm throwing it away. It was a trial. When God spoke to the tree, two times trials, he didn't just speak. Brother Brown says, he says, how many knows the tree has a germ of life? Everybody does. He says, now watch. The tree died from where? Thank you. The roots. You're listening. He said it didn't. It withered from the roots. Not the root. Uh, he said, sorry. He said, the Bible says it withered. The root was the tree where the life is. Jesus didn't speak to the leaves. He didn't speak to the branches. He never actually said spoke to the roots. He spoke to the life. He spoke to the life of it. Because if God's word can go to the life of it, it's going to do all that it needs to do. It, he said he cursed it. So he cursed the life. Guess what happened? Peter's like, wow, it's withered. You bet it's withered. Because the word of God went forth and spoke to the life of it. He didn't say, you know, the leaves and the leaves withered, but the, the tree is still remaining. No, he said, curse that tree. There's nothing going to happen to you no more. And so he spoke to the very life. The word of God goes to the life 
of the problem or the source of the problem. It don't deal with no symptoms. It deals with the root cause, the core of the matter. It hits the exact zone and then goes all the way. Amen. That's what they're trying to do. Missiles that can go so deep in the ground. God's word goes deeper. It penetrates between soul and spirit. That's why the new birth takes away the desire. It goes all the way. And it doesn't stop on the surface. Well, I have a hard time. I can't quit smoking. It doesn't need to go there. It needs to go deeper. If it goes deeper, that's all gone. Too many doctors these days, they call it polypharmacy. They're throwing pills at you left, right, and center. Say, well, take this pill. It'll deal with that symptom. I know, but then I got this side effect. Oh, all right, take this pill. It'll take care of the symptom of the symptom or the side effect of the, uh, that pill. Okay, what? But then I get something else. Oh, my goodness. Okay, here's another pill. We'll throw you in. By the time you're done, I've been there. I've administered them. And you get this honking bucket of pills. You're like, dear goodness, what are you, what are you eating there? They call it polypharmacy. Many, many, many pharmacy. Okay? God don't do it that way. He prescribes one pill, the gospel, amen, and it reaches down far, and it takes away everything. There ain't no more symptoms to take care of a symptom, to take care of a symptom. He takes care of the life and gives a birth, a new creation. He said, then why? Is it any harder for that word to speak to cancer? If he can speak to the life of a tree, can he speak to cancer, Sister Ramona? Can he speak to cancer, Sister Clara? Can he speak to cancer? Yes, he can, Sister Vandy. Can he speak to blindness? Yes, he can. He goes to the very core of the problem, and God's word will deal with it. That's why there's a little lady around the well, the well of the one day, and she's sitting there, or he's sitting there, and she's bringing the water bucket. But when he spoke, when he spoke, oh, she'd spoke to a lot of other men. She'd had five husbands. She had done some talking. She even had a six who was not her husband. And what did he then? He just started. He started to speak. Something different when he speaks. When the word speaks, that starts to go out. And that little lady didn't know what was going to happen. And she's talking to him along the way at the, at the well. And he's saying, I need to give you a drink of this water that I could give you. You'll never thirst again. Oh, she said, when the Messiah comes, he's going to do all these things. And he just keeps speaking to her. He keeps speaking to her. And he says, but I that speak to you am he. Oh, my goodness. I think if you could look in the realms of the eternities of the supernatural, the impact of the arrow of God hit her so hard. She just shook there for a moment and says, oh, my. Who can do this? You must be the Christ. I'm running into the city and telling everybody, he told me who I am. Because Brother Bram says, when light struck the seed, the deepest region. You say, well, God's word or the devil's word? The devil can throw him out there. Uh-huh, he can. He did to Eve. He'll continue all through the ages. But the prophet, which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. This is word. This isn't me. This is what God says. You want to speak in my name? 
and it's not what I told you to speak, you're dead. And if thou say in thine heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has spoken? Okay. Have you said that? When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, then that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. Are we clear? But the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously. Thou shalt not be afraid of him. All right? All right? So then the reverse is if the prophet did speak in the name of the Lord and it does come to pass, then tell me who's he speaking on behalf of. It's thus saith the Lord if it comes to pass. It's not hit and miss. If it's from God, every time. If it's thus saith the Lord, if it's spoken, it's every time. It's not like I hope so. Maybe. And the prophet go out there, well, I'm going to say it. Thus saith the Lord, and hopefully it happens. That's a false prophet. And that's why over 400 times it says, thus saith the Lord. And it's Moses. And he walked into Egypt. And he said, thus saith the Lord. He came before Pharaoh. He says, is this, he says, thus saith the Lord. In this thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will swipe with the rod that is mine hand upon the waters which are in the river. And they shall turn to blood. Okay. Did it happen? You bet it happened. So when Moses started speaking, thus saith the Lord, Pharaoh, let my people go. Thus saith the Lord, Pharaoh, darkness is coming. It happened. It happened. It happened. So then the people of Israel said, hey, that's a prophet. Because what he says in the name of the Lord comes to pass. Elijah the same. He says, Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand. He says, it's not going to rain for three years. Until, but according to my word, he says, how about, how about Isaiah? How, how about Jeremiah? For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I put a yoke of iron upon the neck of these nations, and they shall serve Nebuchadnezzar. Did they serve Nebuchadnezzar? You bet they did. Did they serve him for 70 years? You bet they did. And so that man was a proven prophet of Almighty God. You say, well, all right. You know, Brother Bradham said, thus saith the Lord over 1,500 times. <laughs> I'm a message believer, saints. <laughs> so, why is it so hard? If we can look back in Scripture, and it says, thus saith the Lord, and it happened. And thus saith the Lord. In fact, you weren't there. In the Bible. So how did you know it happened? But you believe it. So then what's the big deal? In this day. It's in a message book. And he says, thus saith the Lord. You weren't there. But then you're a skeptic. It's, you got it. Goose is good for the gander. You have to disbelieve this. And if it's thus saith the Lord and it comes to pass, you didn't see it here. And if I put a message book here and didn't see it here, if you're not going to believe that, then why do you believe this? <clears throat> but Abraham says he was sitting in a car I'm going to give you just two examples <clears throat> out of the over 1500 and I just my goodness you could search forever and ever <clears throat> and he was praying and the angel of the Lord sat in the car with me for just a little piece and he said say this to him oh my he's just driving in the car 
the Lord, he says, say this to him, thus saith the Lord, waters are running clear ahead. This is exactly what the angel of the Lord said to say to a man who was going, having some issues, and they had, uh, he, was, he, was, uh, he was sick, and he had a baby dying, and there's a whole account to it. I don't even have the time to go through it. And he says, don't fear. He came now to this man. He says, I have a word for you, because it's from the Lord after I pray for your baby. Putting my hands on the baby, I called over it in the name of Jesus Christ. And whatever I did, they didn't have to put the oxygen over his nose. And he describes, <laughs> it's wheezing as the oxygen is over. And he said, whenever I said, he goes, whenever I did that, they didn't have to put the oxygen. He says, I turned around. I said, thus saith the Lord, Mr. Morgan. Many specialists has pronounced your baby dying, but thus saith the Lord, your baby shall live. This is a man putting himself into Deuteronomy saying, if it doesn't come to pass, I'm a false prophet. You put yourself there. He said, your baby shall live. It'll recover. And here's your word. Remember this. The days of your life, the waters are running clear ahead. There were some issues this man had, but he said, I got a word from the Lord for you. He said, waters are running clear ahead. I have another one. He said, if you go to Isaiah, and Isaiah, Hezekiah was told, you're going to die. Better make your house in order, you're going to die. Then the Lord came back and said, no, I've spared him. I'm going to give him some more time. It was thus saith the Lord, you're going to die. The Lord heard his prayer. God said, I'll give him a few more years to live. That's Bible, all right? You believe that? You believe that? Okay, good. You're Bible believers. Man come to Brother Branham, his friend's sick and dying, pneumonia, almost ready to go, right on the edge. <clears throat> he says the wind started to blow. It's like a whirlwind going around him. He said, I knelt down to pray, and when I did, the angel of the Lord spoke. He said, do not go over there. His time has come. His brother is coming. His brother Branham, you need to pray for this man. And Brother Branham's getting ready to go. He literally was getting his coat on, getting ready to go. And the angel of the Lord came in the room and says, mm-mm, his time has come. All right, he said, I got up and took back off my coat. He's ready to walk out the door. He says that this brother came to the door. He says, Brother Branham? He said, yep. He says, well, I'm just paraphrasing. I'm just trying to shorten this up a little bit. He said, sir, you'll, uh, he said, told him, I can't come. He says, uh, but sir, he goes, you're going to find your buddy gone when you return back. He says, for thus saith the Lord, the man's going to die. You can imagine. He says, oh, he goes, you know, he said, no, but if you come and just pray, it means so much to them. Would you just come and pray? He says, no. He says, no. He says, you can just call me in the morning. He says, I'm going to service tonight. Don't call me tonight. He says, you call me in the morning. You tell me when he passed. And he goes out the door. Oh, my poor buddy. My poor buddy. Here he thought he was bringing a prophet to pray. And he says, no, he's going to die. That evening service, Brother Bram says, it was when the maniac was healed. He wakes up and he's laying in bed. And he looks to his side and he sees a lady sitting on a chair in the room. And he has a shock. Because he says, how on earth can someone get in my room? I have the key right here. And he's wondering, how is this lady in here? You can imagine, this man was in the presence of God all the time. And here it just shocked him every single time. He, Who is this? And he starts to look. And this lady's sitting in the room and she's dressed a certain way. Then he sees a man up here in a certain suit with a red tie, kind of smiling at each other. They first look sad and then they start to smile. And then Brother Brown sees himself. He sees him speaking at a service where he's going to be speaking. And then it starts to fade and he sees them laughing at each other. He says, Lord, what is this? He didn't know what he had no clue what this was. And so then he comes up, he says, I'll just read my Bible, and he reads to Hezekiah, 
And the, he opens his Bible and he starts reading about how God spared him and gave him 15 more years. He says, my, isn't that strange? And the phone rings. And it's his brother. And he asks, what kind of news? And he goes, oh, he's just basically on the last, last moments, really the last minutes of time. He said, any time. And Brother Branham dawns on him what this vision now means. And he says, does this wife wear certain, certain set of clothes? He says, sure. Yeah. He does, does the man wear a certain light suit with a red tie? He says, all the time. He says, tell his wife to come to the phone. Oh, he said, but he's dying any minute now. He says, I told her. I told her that you said he was going to die. I said, get her on the phone. He says, sister, are you ready now? She says, what do you mean? I said, thus saith the Lord, your husband is going to live. Amen. I said, do you, do you believe that? And he goes, I didn't hear an answer. He said, I said, do you believe that? And I could hear someone coming over there, and she'd fainted. She'd fainted. Brother Branham, the man comes to the phone and says, Brother Branham, the woman fainted. He said, I told her, thus saith the Lord, her husband's going to live. This man is on the last breaths of life, and he's already said that he's going to die. But God is repeating, repeating. If you believe that, then why don't you believe what I'm telling you right now? He's repeating it again to say, I am the same God of the scripture. He says, so then Brother Branham, he actually heads there now. He says, I'm coming. He gets on a plane, a little plane of some sort or whatever. He goes, I walked in, and here come the sister down the hall. Uh, this other sister, his sister, not the wife. She said, the very idea. Holy roller preacher around here. My brother dying. He says, I think it's a disgrace. This is what he comes walking down the hall to. <laughs> he says, oh, my. He says, that couldn't stop Nothing. He says the devil couldn't send enough imps out of hell to stop that. There's nothing. There's nothing. It's absolutely there. That's all. He said that's done. Said it. Thus saith the Lord. Amen. It's no venture. It's no happenstance. I said it. My prophet spoke it. Not a devil in hell is going to stop him coming down that hallway saying it's going to come to pass. Oh, he says, you don't know how I felt to walk in there. He said, I walked in that room like that. Them doctors, very sarcastic look, you know. Oh, my goodness. Walked in, poor old sister. She's about to faint. I said, now, don't worry. My goodness. That's why we have confidence in the word of the hour. Because nothing was hidden. Nothing was hidden. It was all in the open. He said, I took hold of his hand. I said, dear God, you spoke to me this morning in a vision. I know I'm running out of time, so I'm going to go real quick. I said, I know these people are to meet me at Jonesboro, Arkansas, because that was the vision. He saw himself speaking, and he saw them smiling, and so he knew they're supposed to be there. They have an ordained place. God said, I sent that arrow for that ordained couple to be there, so nothing's going to stop it. Pneumonia, last breath, right on the edge. Sister Clara, if God spoke it, you will heal. He said, for I was standing on the platform, this man and woman, now let the angel of God speak. I felt the vibration leave. I just kept on praying. I felt him grip my hand. I know life was there. I felt him grip my hand. I just waited there a little bit. Directly, I looked up, and I began seeing him wetting his lips. They were probably pretty dry, breathing out of his mouth like that. And she was still down at the foot of the bed crying. And I just waited a little bit directly. I seen him look over like that. I said, you know me? And she raised up. 
And she looked. She seen him raise his head like this on his hand, looking at me. I said, you know me? said, yes, it's Brother Branham. <laughs> My, she just dove through that oxygen tent nearly. She said, Dad, 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 Dad. He grabbed him around like that and just went on hugging him and everything. I just slipped right out of the room like that and just kept on going. Hallelujah. Because thus saith the Lord, came to pass. Amen. That's two out of over 1,500 plus. Brother Branham then would come to say in different services, he would talk to the people, and he'd say at the end of these 17 days, you go around town and say, Brother Branham is a false prophet if what he said didn't come to pass. Come on. That's as bold as it needs to get. After 17 days? Wow. He said, speaking about a lady who had cancer, she had surgery, and in three days, he said she'll be on the street. And he laughed at me, talking to, him, talking to a gentleman, giving an account. And he said, such a disgrace. You imposter put a woman under false thoughts like that? I said, it wasn't me. It was him that said that, sir. I said, well, you know, that woman will be dead in the next six hours. He, that's what he said. He said, she's been unconscious for 24. She's going to go any time. I said, if she's not on the street shouting in 24 hours, tell you what I'll do. I'll put my sign on my back, false prophet. Come on! If you have a doubt, it should be out this door, right here, right now. He says, I'll put a sign on my back that says false prophet, and you get your big Cadillac and drive me down through the streets of L.A. And if she's on the street, I'll put a sign. And if she's on the street, he says, I'll put a sign. He's saying, if you're not on the street, sorry, if she is on the street, I'll put a sign on your back. Come on. If she's on the street in 24 hours, shouting hallelujah, I'm going to put a sign on your back that says, quack doctor. Come on. That was confidence because a man of God knew the word of God was accurate and precise. And if it came from God's mind, it must come to pass. I'm going to be very specific to that camera. God put this on my heart. I'm going to say it. You that's left this message. I pray you're listening. How can you disbelieve when it's been vindicated over and over and over and over again? When over and over again, it's met the exact pattern of the very Son of God, the Son of Man that came. Over again, he spoke about the woman at the well. Over again, I've turned my back like Abraham. Over and again, he said, thus say the Lord, such and such will happen. How can you disbelieve? It's not here. If it convicts you, I just say, run to him. That's what I say. Just run to him. It's not to put you in bondage. They say, Lord, forgive me. It is true. I don't know the demons of doubt. The chiefest is trying to put unbelief in my heart. But I want to believe it. It came to show. It just came to show that he is alive. Why would you not want to see a living God? Why would you not want to see a God on display and say, hey, come. Because my word 
the original word, the spoken word, is going to ignite a bride to show him I'm a real God. Don't reject it. Just receive it in the name of God. My goodness, even Reverend Best product photographer, he's an associate to a critic. So I'd call him a critic because he's associated with one. To come and take a picture, and even the critic's picture, prove that he's alive. Why would you want to be the critic of a critic? It just came for you to realize who you are. That's really why I came. To prove that I have a bride I'm calling. And over and again and over again, I just want to show you that it's me speaking. God help me. Let me just go to the last little piece here as we close. Brother Branham says, just as I end this piece, he says, now, he was in a trap. Men set him up for a trap. I'll just put this one in here. And set him up for a trap. You go to the message and read it. If you question it, you better go read it. And he set him up for a trap. The Lord gave him all the details. What was going to happen? Who was going to be there? Questions they were going to ask him. And then he told the brothers so that they would know what's going to come. And it happened just exactly that way. And he says, now before we start, now he's at this, at this meeting. I want some man or something that I've said to take that Bible and stand so come here you critic you man hey don't tell me they were looking for every opportunity at that day they were looking come on there was critics everywhere they were wanting to find man they were so upset so upset at what he was preaching but he said all right just come up here you take your bible he's gonna stand up there he'll have his and stand here by my side and that was the most silent group you ever heard He said, then if you can't support it, then keep off my back. He says, I'm here to put my shoulders with you. He says, but we've got to come back to the Bible facts. And I'd say, you know what? If you can't believe it, then I warn you, do not stand against it. Just, just, Just do your thing. But don't come against the word of God for this day because you place yourself in such a dangerous place. Now, as we close, there is a reward for believing this truth, this accurate, precise word of God. There's a reward. And I just want to go through this as we end. I know, Brother Ryan, I was longer than I intended. Brother Branham, details and speak to this mountain. The account of the squirrels that he spoke into existence. And he goes through as the Lord is changing his ministry. And he then speaks about it again in my new ministry. And I don't have time to all go into it because it, it just, it, it's a lengthy part, uh, too much, not enough time. But he speaks how the Lord says, speak. He says, how many squirrels would you like? And this is actually the second time it happens. It had happened before, three squirrels. Then he speaks again and says, three squirrels. And oh, it's all right. It's going to be there, going to be there, going to be there. And he speaks about it and makes it very, you know, almost impossible. And then he goes through it. 
And it's quite a process. God, you, you, hey, are you doubting, bud? <laughs> Has moments there. But Abraham could say that because he went through it. Because the Lord said, are you doubting that squirrel's going to be there? Nope. It's going to be there. And you can read it for yourself. But I just want to just bring this to your mind. That he'd spoken it. God had said, you, what is at thy word? Say it, and it'll come to pass. He speaks it. And then... It, 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 yeah, a fourth squirrel comes. And I'm not going to go through the, through the account, as I've said. But he shoots, and the, and the fourth is not there. He just he can't find it. And so he comes back with, with the three, and he tells the, tells the account to the brothers at the fire. And the, one of the brothers, the deacon, I believe, in his church, and, and they're, they're rejoicing. That's all. That's just wonderful, Brother Brown. Can you imagine? <laughs> Glory to God. This is wonderful. And then this brother prays. He says, Lord... If Brother Branham is telling the truth, please help him find, may he find the fourth squirrel. And Brother Branham, he's just smote there. He says, oh, he just, why, how, how, you've been with me all this time? You've seen these things? I think his brother had been even healed and of cancer of some sort or something. And, and he said, if Brother Branham's telling the truth. Ah, and he said, and the brothers caught it. And they caught it. And so it created something. And so Brother Branham goes, and if you read the, read the account, he goes and does find the fourth squirrel. And if you go through it, well, God ain't going to leave it at six anyway. It was three squirrels before, three, he says, that's man. So four, that'll be the seventh to bring perfection down there, or completion, I should say. But anyway, so that, he goes through all of that. And I thought, my, here, this, they tell the account, and they just have a nice little rejoicing time, and then a prayer, and just doesn't sit right at the end of the account. And a little bit later, Brother Branham is sitting in a little home, a little humble place of the Wright family. And he starts telling this story. He says, you know, what's bothered me of those squirrels, he said. He says, what's bothered me always has been this, where Brother Wood and I were supposed to be good hunters. And I hunted since I was a little boy. You're an expert hunter, and we've hunted squirrels under these conditions, and where did those squirrels come from? <laughs> this is Brother Brown. My. He says, I can't never figure it out. He says, I was standing right there looking over the grounds, and there shall come a squirrel right there. And I'd been sitting there 45 minutes, and no more. I took my finger down, boo, there was a squirrel. And each time it was that way. The squirrel did come from nowhere. And he's now talking what he has told a group of brothers a little bit ago, okay? And they had just a little, oh, rejoice and pray, and next morning, and it didn't quite sit right there, and, and all that, that happened. But now he's telling it again, in a different setting, a different time, a different audience. And he said, well, I said, if the Lord was confirming my ministry there to let me know that he's going to help his people and let me do it, I said, then the same Jehovah Jireh, I was in need of a squirrel, the same as he had need of a ram. I believe Jehovah Jireh placed it there. He said, he placed it by his same spoken word. He said, it wasn't me anyhow, because I didn't know what I was saying. He said it himself. Oh, my. Okay. He said, and that little old quiet sister Hattie, she was sitting back there a little bit. 
She said she don't really say much anyways at any time. Her little dust bonnet on the little country woman wear, and she put a little clean dress to come over to help her mother to cook. So she wasn't even, she, that's not her house there. She just came to help cook. And she had, of course, we know her two boys there. And there was actually about eight people in the room at that time. And she's just sitting here with her hand like this, and she said, that's nothing but the truth. <laughs> this was a different moment, saints. This wasn't when the brothers were standing around and saying, well, brother, you know, Lord, maybe give him this, the fourth one so we don't doubt his word. This is different. She's sitting there. She just listened. She's just all quiet. She says, that's nothing but the truth. Oh, my. She's like that little humble bride. She might not look like much. She might be a poor, humble people, but the word of God has spoken to her. And she says, that's nothing but the truth. Amen. And she's just sitting there. The word's being spoken, and she's just pondering, and she lifts up her voice. Oh, my goodness. It wasn't like it was super emotionally charged at that moment. They're just talking. That's exactly the accurate word of God. That is so precise. I can't believe anything else but what you're saying, Brother Bradley. It's nothing but the truth. It's exactly like Jehovah Jireh. This is what she's saying in her heart. Brother Bram says she said the right thing. Here's my Bible. As a servant of Almighty God, he says, I say this. Here, she said the right thing. The word in her answered to the spoken word. Amen. The word in her responded back to the spoken word. And it went straight back to the heart of God. Amen. What she said responded back. And it struck God in the heart. And he said, oh. He said, let her know. This is what he said. He said, I can, he goes, let me just read it here. Uh, she, she spoke back. He goes, I could hardly hear. Her mother started to say something. Brother Brown says, I could hardly hear what she was saying. Why? Because she would said something. Little Hattie had said something. And it penetrated the eternities of God and struck the Almighty. And he spoke back. And the Spirit of the Lord said, tell her. Tell her. Ask what she will. And you give it to her. Hallelujah. That's what he said. He says, I couldn't even speak. The room, everybody felt so strange. I said, Sister Hattie? She said, yes, Brother Branham. I said, thus saith the Lord. This is no venture, saints. God doesn't venture. Thus saith the Lord. Speak anything you desire. Speak anything you desire. Speak anything you desire. And ask for money. She could ask for money if you want. You know, he said, what, uh, if, I don't care what it is. If you want to know what God gives this ministry, if you want to know that God gives this ministry, speak anything. Thus saith the Lord, you'll speak it. I'll speak it behind you. I'll speak it behind you, he said. And you'll have it right here. He said, eight people standing there looking at us. He said, Brother Branham, what should I say? She said, it's up to you. It's up to you. He said there, said her crippled sister, aged father, poor, could ask for money, could ask for anything, ask for what's in your heart, anything that you want, you ask it. Thus saith the Lord, I'll speak it behind you, and you'll have it. Here is a prophet, once again, thus saith the Lord, so I'll speak it, and I'll speak it behind you. She said, you have it. She said, the salvation of my two boys. Hallelujah. I said, you have it. In the name of the Lord, 
and those two little modern teenage sniffle fits boys. And then, you have it! In the name of the Lord! He said they hated the very cause of Christ. They grabbed one another and began to scream the blessings of God. Had he screamed and could be heard for two blocks, the whole building trembled. The power of God struck the place. Banks fell to his plate. He said, I don't even know what happened for 10 minutes. Brother Abraham said, and God knowed what she'd ask. It wasn't money. It wasn't some popularity. It wasn't even the healing for her sister. She was looking for the, the life. She was looking for life in her boys. I just thought, my goodness, here God desired at the beginning of time, Eve, the spoken word was supposed to bring a word, people. A word bride, and here the anointing fell. And what did this word bride say? She said, as she spoke, she said, I look for the salvation of my two boys. That's how it was supposed to happen in the beginning. The spoken word was going to resurrect the life. And at, the, at this time, at this day, to prove the power of the word, little Hattie Wright said, I asked for my boys. Amen. And the God... The, the way it was supposed to happen from the beginning spoke life into those boys. That's how it was supposed to be. Proving that the spoken word is the original seed. You said that was then, Brother Michael. No, but just a little bit ago. When I was just a little boy, musicians, why didn't you come? When I was a little boy, there was a pastor that stood at a pulpit after a service and the anointing of God. Brother Branham said that was a super anointing that came down in that little room. I said, oh God, make that anointing fall in this building this morning. If that was the reward. If that was the reward for believing the word of a prophet, the same reward is for you. It's for you. I give you your children, but our bread, Brother Bisco said that. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I give you your children. And that man there stood up and wrote it in his Bible. And to prove that he is a living God, his children serve this same God. If it can work for Hattie Wright, if it can be the same God for Brother Tom, it is the same God for you and you. If he's concerned about a little fig tree, if he's concerned about a fig tree, how much more is he concerned about your desire this morning? Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Oh, God. Lord, I don't even know where to go. Lord, but we could just echo out this morning like a little Hattie Wright. And says, oh, that's nothing but the truth. Lord, that our words, Lord, it would just release from our hearts like a bow and an arrow. And the Lord would spend time, spend distance. You've got children that are in different places. It don't matter. They might not even be listening. They very well aren't. But God, when his word goes in and it's honored forth, it must come to pass. Bam says he knows that you need him. Ask and you shall receive. He says, when you pray, you have a need. Ask and you shall receive. He says, oh, was that the Holy Spirit that raised your hand? You ready for this? Was that the Holy Spirit that raised your hand? If it was, then the anointing Speaking of the same one he was referencing in Hattie Wright's cabin, he said, the anointing is on you. Then pray and believe God and you shall have what you said. That is no venture. That is a prophet of God speaking under the unction of the Almighty One. If that's God's word, believe it and you shall have what you ask for. Amen. The same anointing is on you. Believe it. Amen, Brother Nathan. I don't care how impossible it is. It could be some snicklefritz to teenage boys standing in there mocking what is even going on in that room at that time. It didn't even matter. It don't matter to God because the Word of God must come to pass no matter how difficult the situation how disrespectful they may seem to be. They don't look like they have no respect, Brother Michael, but it's the reward. It's the reward of the bride to have his children, her children, saved. I believe for healing. I believe for that. But I believe for deliverance of our young people. I believe for deliverance of our spouses. Lord, if we could just penetrate into your atmosphere this morning, recognizing that you are moving on the scene amongst us, oh God. Lord, don't let us pass you by. Lord, I want to sing belief for it. Hallelujah. I want to sing. We worship him. Oh, I, I pray to said, Lord Jesus, would you just fall on the people this morning? What are you here for but to worship him? Don't just come to sit in a pew and just take in a service. Come to worship. Come to give him glory. Maybe draw. Maybe put your faith in action for some other believer here. I want to sing you say this mountain can't be moved. We've sung this song before. I want to sing it as prayer, as an anthem, as, as, a, as a song as a banner for our almighty God. Not I speak Jesus, believe for it. 
It's just, Lord Jesus, they say this mountain can't be moved. Amen. They say these chains will never break. But I preached this morning the word of God that's proved otherwise. So God, raise our faith this morning. I'm not preaching some emotional service. I'm preaching the burden of my heart. Let's sing this morning. You sing it as a prayer on your heart. They say, this mountain can be moved. They say this mountain can be moved. Let's sing it. Never break. That's what they say. You say something different.
of God have a right to shout and sing this morning. We have a right to praise Him. We have a right to adore Him. Oh God, strike the souls of your people, Lord. Hallelujah to your name, Lord. I don't want to. I don't want to disrupt your moving. I don't want to do anything that Lord would hinder you from. Lord, supernaturally having an encounter with, with one of your people. Maybe, Lord, just this morning, maybe one of your arrows that you shot not on a venture, Lord, is finding its way in a heart this morning. Maybe, Lord, the impact of your word, Lord, is reaching a soul, penetrating past the mind, penetrating past the memory and consciousness, and, Lord, it's embedding itself in the very realms of the soul of a child of God. Lord, I pray your work, Lord, would be done this morning. Lord, continue to move and stir amongst us, Lord, not to end a service, not to, Lord, dismiss a people, but, Lord, just so we could set back. Lord, we'll just revel in your atmosphere. Lord, we might sit in our pew, and some might need to go, I understand. But, Lord, do, Lord, what you desire this morning. Maybe it's not even in the realms of this building. Maybe it's in a house somewhere. Maybe it's a son or daughter of a mommy and daddy in here today. Lord, you said it. And if it can happen for Sister Hattie Wright, it's the reward of your pride in this last day for the spoken word. Lord, cannot, Lord, it must come to pass. May it bring the life, oh Lord Jesus. Bring the life, the seed that you planted in this era, in this day, I pray. Bless your people. We give you the glory. Lord, nothing man, nothing of our doing. Lord, just you. You alone. You alone, oh God. Blessed be the name of our Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen. May we just sing as we go. I just sing. I'm sorry, I don't want to hold you, but I'm just going to sing our God is tremendous. Our God is tremendous. Because only a king of glory can do what he does. Only a king of glory can reach the heart of our children. Only the king of glory can heal a body taken by disease. That's why we can sing, he is tremendous. When I'm in need, I call on the Lord. As we go, when I'm in need, I call on the Lord.
that verse right there. My goodness, he came through the fire. I was just looking at the greatest love story sometime when God's word had to be shot out there. You know, there was one time he says, you know, I actually got to hitch a ride under that word because this time it's me. And he stepped into a fire. One time he said, not anyone other, no other angel, but I'm in a hitch for it. And I'm coming down myself to go into the fire amongst you. He might go into the fire. You might go into the fire, but he's with you. Amen. He's with you all the way. Well, I could keep going. But you you have a wonderful week. Amen. You walk out these doors. The spoken word is the original seed. Amen. I'm just so blessed, Sister Hattie Wright. They're a prophet of this age, proving that the spoken word is alive today to prove what God desired back at the beginning of time where Eve doubted it. But there's a bride and Sister Hattie was like an example. The first time, an example of this day bride that said, I'll speak it. I want my children. And life came forth out of the spoken word of this day. Amen. Glory. God be with you. Have a wonderful week. Amen. Go victorious this week. The greatest love story. (laughs) Okay. I have a song because I want to sing Fourth Man in the Fire. And you have to sing it. It's Sunday. It's Sunday. We have one service on Sunday. You know why? I'm just going to tell you a little bit about Brother Michael right now. I know there's maybe some mental controversy about why we should have one service or two services. I know it's been on your heart and your mind. And I battle it myself. I'm just going to be honest with you. But I enjoy an unfettered, unhindered Sunday service. I don't care about time this morning. And you might care about time. I know. You say, Brother Michael, get over it. Move on. We got roast. I know. But we got one service. You could go and get your roast and come back for a second service. Or we can have a second service right now. <laughs> Well, we'll have a second song right now. Amen. It's all yours, little Ryan. Amen. The moment now has come. The moment now has come. There's nothing to be done. My accusers stand before me and there's no So it ends this way There's nothing more to say I will pay the price And give my life For the choice that I have made Oh, but suddenly
Somebody mentioned just a bit ago and they said, 
You don't know, but it's that angel that stopped you from stepping off that curb. I just read that. Don't you underestimate just your everyday going. Jesus standing there, stepping back the tide, the forces of the enemy of darkness coming after you. He says, oh, oh, that's my little bride. You can't touch her as far as I can let you. So I'm just going to hold back the tide of darkness because I'll raise her up to be virtuous, spotless, blameless in this day. Amen. That's who's fighting for you, the fourth man. Amen in the fire. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Some of you are smiling. Some of you are saying, all right then. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful day. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.